0: Well, let's go to our Bibles today. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through to 19. Kind of this second service is like part two of what I preached in the 915 service. And if you missed the 915 service, I encourage you to go back over and please watch it. God spoke to us. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through to 19. Now, as you know around here i like everybody to bring their bibles to church and uh, it's good there's no distractions there can be distractions on this but if you're going to use one of these make sure you put it in flight mode so you get no notifications but there are no distractions in when you bring the hard copy bible maybe the maps can be a distraction but that's about it but if you've never underlined in your bible and if you are an underliner you can underline this verse Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through to 19. You know what? I I think we can read this aloud. It's on the screen. Let's read it together as a church. Although the feed tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labour of the olive shall fail and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herds in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Can we read verse 18? Let's read it like a preacher, all right? Verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength and He will make my feet like hind's feet. And He will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. The circumstances may not look great. The fig tree is not blossoming. You know what that means for those that know anything about trees? Before the fruit comes, there's blossoms, correct? Now, it doesn't even look like there's gonna be any fruit because there's not even any blossoms. There's no hope there. Neither shall there be fruit in the vines. All of these things we've worked hard and the olives are failing. The fields are yielding no meat. The flock has been cut off from the fold. There's no herds in the stalls. But Habakkuk says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I wanna minister on this title, Praise and Worship in the hard times amen praise and worship in hard times lord we love you we thank you for your word and lord as we go to your word today we know that Lord, it is forever settled in heaven, that everything in this world changes, but your word never changes. Lord, it is a firm foundation to build our lives upon. And so Lord, let faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Help us, change us, change our perspective today in Jesus' name and everybody say amen. Amen, you may be seated if you've got a good attitude. (laughs) No one's gonna stay standing. I just thought I would add that, you know, because sometimes we just say the same things all the time. But if you've got a good attitude, you may be seated. Praise God. Well, praise and worship in hard times. When we talk about praise and worship, we often think of praise and worship as about just being songs and music that we make and that we sing. But praise and worship is more than just a worship service. It's more than just a song. It's more than just music. Praise and worship is a lifestyle that we live. And praising God on stringed instruments and organs and with high cymbals and loud cymbals and all of those things and praising the Lord with our voices is just part of praise and worship. But our life must be a life of praise and worship. I need to make that clear because sometimes, especially around church, we think that praise and worship is something that we only do on Sunday mornings. Now, how many handy men have we got in the church today? How many people here try to fix some things around home? Have we got anyone? Yep, we try, whether we fix them or not. Uh, I'm well known, if you ask my wife, I often make things worse. And then I have to call someone in the church that sometimes my dad or someone else who knows something a little bit better to come and fix it for me. Everything that should be easy ends up hard. I don't know what it is about my house. Like I had a blocked pipe in the back corner of my house and I talked to the plumber down the road and it was a drainage pipe on my lawn and the, the water kept blocking and end up like a big swamp and my dog would jump in there and get all wet. And so I, I needed to dig it up so that the guy says to me down the road, he goes, you got a crack in your pipe? And he came with his little wand and he found where the crack is. He said, just dig down there and uh, just replace that bit of pipe. I get down there and the pipes are all over the place. Like there's angles like this and that. And and, you know, I had to get a a bit of pipe to come down here and then turn here and then join on here. Everything seems harder. I mean, I I thought, you know, get home from work, before it gets dark, I'll quickly get this done. Before we knew it, my dad and I were there, both of us digging holes and, and trying to connect pipes and going, been to Bunnings like about four times just to fix one cracked pipe. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But you know, having the right tool is so important and knowing what to do. It's hard to accomplish something without the right tool. And I got two tools at home which I really love and that's my hedge trimmer because I've got a lot of hedges and uh, I used to try and do them with the hand shears but I bought an electric trimmer and, uh, and a petrol trimmer and I can get that whole job, which just take me three days. I get it done in half a day and then spend all the time raking all the leaves up. But that's one of my favorite tools, the hedge trimmer. And the second favorite tool is the blower. I don't know what my neighbors think about my love for blowers, but anyway, it's great for just cleaning the garage out and sweeping the paths and all of that. But having the right tool is important. Also, when it comes to weapons, we talked about uh, the song, I got to praise, I got to praise. The weapons we use are not bombs or guns. Worship is the way that the battle's won. And we are in a spiritual battle, and so the weapons are the same. In fact, in, in warfare, having superior weapons will mean that you are superior over the enemy. Having the right weapons, just like having the right tools, will give you a massive advantage over the enemy. And we as Christians are in a spiritual battle. Everyone say a battle. I know when we first get saved, it feels like we're on cloud nine. And it is like that because, you know, once I was lost, but now I am found. We're living in victory. We found hope. We found that missing piece. We we found Jesus. We found joy. All of those things. But just give it some time. And you'll find out that Christianity is not a bed of roses but it is a battlefield. We are in a spiritual battle and this is a reality for every Christian. Bishop Downs, it's not just a reality for for new Christians. It's not just a reality for the, the weaker Christians. This spiritual battle is a reality for every Christian. And it would be foolish of us to think that we are not in a spiritual battle. The moment that we gave our life to Jesus, we changed sides. We went from the devil's side onto Jesus' side. And from that day on, there has been a war for our souls. You see, one of the most sobering facts about life is that we have a supernatural enemy who will do whatever he can to bring us down. He will use pain, to try to get to us. And if it's not pain, he will use pleasure to try to get to us. He seeks to make us blind, stupid, and miserable forever. We have an enemy of our soul. And you've got to understand that. Because you could come to church and I could say, well, you know what? When, when you come to Jesus, everything's going to be fine. You're never going to have a bad day. Jesus will make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. Just come to Jesus. But that's not the truth. We are in a spiritual battle. And, and that's one of the, the problems with Christianity today. It, it is more a marketing ploy that if you get Jesus, you can get all these wonderful benefits. And that life will always be easy. You see, when passengers go onto a plane, I'm going to use this example. And we say to the passenger as they're coming onto the plane and, um, to, to put this life, life vest on. And as they're coming on, we tell them, Brother Stewart, we say, put this life vest on because we're about to take off. And if you wear this life vest, it's going to make your flight a lot better wearing the life vest. And so everybody believes it and they get on the plane and they put their life vest on. They don't know why, but they were told that if they put the life vest on, that life will be, the flight will be more comfortable. The flight will be better. They will enjoy the flight more if they wear the life vest. So they're on their way to the USA. They take off from Sydney about an hour on. Everyone's sitting there with their life vests on. They're feeling a little bit uncomfortable. But anyway, somebody said if we wear the life vest that the flight would be better and more enjoyable and more comfortable. And so they're flying along and eventually somebody says, I don't think they're right. They said that this life vest would make everything easier and better, but it sure is uncomfortable. And so eventually people begin to take off their life vest, and they say, you know what? It wasn't true. I mean, I put that life vest on, and it was difficult. And so they take it off. You see, that is the wrong way to present the gospel. Yes, there are blessings when we live for Jesus. Yes, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. Yes, John chapter 10, 10 says, there is an abundant life in Christ Jesus. But above all, you need Jesus if you wanna be saved and so they thought that it was all about having a better flight but the reality was is they needed to wear that vest if they wanted to be saved and so when they came onto the plane let's change it up now they gave them the life vest and they said we are going to crash somewhere between sydney and los angeles and when we crash you're going to need this life vest and it changed their mentality they're wearing the life vest Brother Arvin, and they're feeling uncomfortable. Well, this isn't it, it's not nice to wear this. It's kind of harder. But you know what? I, I want to be saved. When the terrain of the mountain and, and Habakkuk said, When I began to praise God in my bad times, when I began to worship God, when I began to rejoice in God in the bad times, the mountains didn't disappear, but God strengthened my legs and you know what he didn't cancel the mountain but he gave me the strength to climb it And let me tell you, brothers and sisters, you may be climbing all sorts of mountains today. Let me tell you that the strength comes when you begin to rejoice in the Lord, when you begin to praise and worship. It doesn't mean the mountains can't, but he's going to give you strength to make it to the top. I'm going to tell somebody today, keep praising God, because he's going to give you the strength to climb that mountain. I know. But Amika, I wish the scripture said that when we praise God, the mountains disappear i wish i wish the word of god says that that like like in jericho for instance that when we praise god you know the walls just come down and maybe god will do that let me tell you but habakkuk said you know what i found i found when i rejoiced in god he gave me strength to climb the mountain he didn't cancel it but he gave me strength to climb it if we could all stand if the musicians could come you see Maybe that's why Isaiah said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You see, let me tell you today, I'm talking about the power of praise and worship in hard times. In our culture, we sing when things are good, If you go to work and you're singing, some will say, Hey, why are you so happy? What happened? That's our culture. But when it comes to spiritual things, he deserves the praise and the worship no matter what we are going through. And so if you've had a if you're going through good times, praise God. If you're going through bad times, praise God. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, I'm gonna rejoice in God anyway because why as I rejoice as I praise and worship I can feel the strength coming back I can feel the strength and you know what he's gonna make my feet like Heinz feet I'm gonna be able to climb that mountain I'm gonna be sure-footed on that mountain I'm gonna be able to navigate the mountains of life he will make my feet like Heinz feet yeah and sometimes the mountains do disappear praise God for that but there are times When you've got to go through the valley of the shadow of death there's times when you've got to go through the floods there's times when you got to go through the fire you see in all of those circumstances let's praise God amen in the good times and the bad times You see, you're gonna find your strength. You can become a spiritual mountain climber when you can turn to God in praise and worship. You you can climb that mountain. You can have sure-footedness. And so today, hear from God today. If you're going through whatever you're going through, maybe you felt like giving up. Maybe you say, you know what? The devil stole my joy, he stole my song. Let me tell you, the devil can't steal anything from you. You've got a choice you can praise god let's lift our hands right now because some someone here today you're standing right on the precipice oh you think well i i may as well just give up i may as well just walk away you're right at that decision point right now you say god things have been hard i tell you it's not time to have a pity party it's time to turn to god in praise and worship lord jesus Lord, in every circumstance, you are faithful. Lord, hard days don't change you. Bad days don't change you. Lord God, Lord, you are God. And Lord, you're God on the good days and the bad days. And I choose to worship you. Lord help us not to be led by our feelings and our emotions but Lord God help us to choose to worship you this day that the strength will come through praise and worship that Lord we will use that weapon that we have the weapon of praise and worship hallelujah help us God come on let's lift our hands and just surrender to God right now God is going to speak to you right now receive it right now hallelujah in Jesus name hallelujah hallelujah oh god i'm gonna praise you i'm gonna praise you god lord i'm gonna keep my eyes on you lord i'm gonna continue to worship you i'm gonna continue to extol you i'm gonna continue to lift you up yet will i rejoice in the lord i will joy in the god of my salvation and as you praise him he will give you strength hallelujah Come on, let's just pray right now, church. Oh, yes, it may look like I'm surrounded, but this is how I fight my battles. I fight them through praise and worship. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody worship God. Come on, I know it's hard, but, it, but it, it's, you're going to get the strength when you begin to praise Him. He's going to feel the strength in your feet. He might not cancel the mountain. He might not take the mountain away, but you're going to have the strength to climb it today. Oh! Yeah.